WNBA Nation, welcome back to another excellent episode. We haven't even recorded it yet. You can tell that this is going to be excellent because it's round two of our mid-season grades for each of the WNBA teams, and I have two of my very best friends along for the ride with me. I've got, first of all, Steve Schwartzman. Steve, how's it going, my man? I'm doing so well based on that really good news that happened today and not so well based on that really bad news that happened today. Uh, uh-huh. Just Jason and Post just cut whichever one of those fits um, this very <laughs> timely cutting edge episode. I'm doing very well, Kyle. How the heck yeah, are you? you? Are, we are for sure releasing this episode within probably a few weeks of when we record it. For all you know, it's live. <laughs> It might, we might be doing this. It might be day of. I don't so know. To a subset of people, it is live. So there you yeah. have it. <laughs> uh, also with us tonight, Logan Jones. How's it going, Logan? Uh, I just want to congratulate USA men's and women's basketball on their gold medal wins. We didn't, we didn't <laughs> know if you'd get it done, but you guys got it done. So congratulations. <laughs> this is going to be Schedule so awkward in a few in a few days. <laughs> this is going to be uh, it's just going to be an amazing moment, honestly. This we're not changing a, a blip of it. <laughs> I've uh, I've never jinxed anything on this show ever, so I feel very confident that no no bad things will come from this. <laughs> I'm excited for when this episode releases and this is very yeah. frightening. <laughs> well, guys, we we have a, a really fun format, something that I I think we I really enjoyed the first iteration of this that we just recently released, um, where we went through a midseason grade for Atlanta, Chicago, and Connecticut. And today we will be discussing three more teams. We will be going with the Dallas Wings, the Indiana Fever, and the Las Vegas Aces. Which kind of puts us all over the board as far as a, a range of, of where these teams are at, the, the vibe with each of these teams as well. And uh, I'm excited to see where each of you have them as far as your mid, mid-season grades go. So just a, a quick rundown of the format for each of these, uh, each of these teams. We're going to discuss their record and their standing, uh, if they are better or worse than we expected, their best performance, their worst performance. Who is a player highlight from uh, so far in the season and their final midseason grade? But before we do that, let's go ahead. I'm going to toss it over to Steve. Steve, can you give everybody a quick rundown on where they can find us online and and all of the, you know, all the all the, all the general rundown that we give every episode? It would be my pleasure. Head over to Twitter.com. Uh, and find us at WNBA Nation Pod. Likewise, over on Facebook. Of course, if you're listening to this on a pod feed, you found us. But if you're listening by another method and are wanting to find out how to have our episodes sent your way whenever they're ready, you can essentially find us anywhere your podcast can be found. I'll be at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. If you're still rocking Stitcher in 20 and 21, you know, <laughs> if you're a, if you're a pod, a podcast addict or a pod republic or a cast box. 
Uh, I, if you're rocking Himalaya, we might be on there for all I know. Oh. Um, I don't think we're on SoundCloud though, are we? Or have we updated our SoundCloud? Um, we. I Is anyone know. on SoundCloud still? I think every once in a while we delete episodes and get one up every once in a while, but I don't hey. think we I don't think we do much on the SoundCloud okay. anymore. But seemingly anywhere that that you would find your podcast, you could find them. If you are listening somewhere that does have a review system, namely Apple Podcasts, we would love a five star review. Some comments on what you love about the show, what we can do to make the show a perfect experience for you. We're always here to do that. We love feedback. You can email us over at WMANation at gmail.com. Send us any feedback that you have, any any thoughts, impressions, advertising queries, anything to that effect. If you're looking for some fantastic merch, which I actually happen to not be wearing, the Dodgers are playing the Astros tonight, so I needed to wear a shirt symbolizing a real title. But you, of course, can head to our store envy page and check out some of our cool designs. We're rolling in some new designs as as things go. So by the time from recording to when this is released, there might even be new merch for you to check out for all we know. And that's really the gist of it. Connect with us wherever you connect with us and stay in the loop. There there might be even more connections we'll have for you in due time. Absolutely. not. That's not foreshadowing at all. So it should be exciting. <laughs> well, Steve, well done. Well done on the rundown. Let's go ahead and hop right into our very first team of today's episode. We're going to head down to the... DFW, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and talk Wings basketball. So currently, as we as we stand today, Dallas is sitting at nine and twelve, a record of nine and twelve, and are solidly sitting just outside of the playoffs in ninth place. So currently, let's go ahead and start with Logan. Right now, is Dallas better or worse than you expected at the beginning of the season? At 9-12, and 12, it's tough because it's about where I thought they would be. Like like hovering around 500, but not above 500. I'm going to go ahead and say better, but that's just because I don't want to push. But but like realistically, I think, I think universally we all had Dallas as like... They're going to be either a fringe playoff or a first or second team out of the playoff. Like they're going to be around 500, but they're not going to be a dominant force. And they've got some good wins this season, but I'm, I'm still nervous about their ceiling and I'm not super encouraged by what they've got going on right now, even though they, they do have a lot of fun players. I, maybe it's just our friend Joe's, uh, Dallas rant is still kind of hanging over me, but I, I'm worried about Dallas's future too much still to, to give them too much credit. But I, I do like what they've done this season. Nine and 12 is a pretty good record for being kind of on the outside looking in. So I'll, I'll say that they're having a, a better season than I thought they would have. Okay. Interesting. Steve, let's kick it over to you. Is Dallas doing better or worse than you expected? Ever so slightly better. As far as their standing is considered, I had them in the bottom third or bottom quarter of, of the, the standings simply because they were still continuing to roll in young talent with rookies, didn't know if they'd be developed yet, wasn't expecting Satu Sabli to be as heavily in the groove as she was going to be. was definitely not expecting Marina Mabry to be what she's been for this roster. If I'm going off of no numbers and just watching this team play basketball, significantly better because if a few of their games go one or two possessions different, this team is sitting in potentially the top five. They're actually only a couple games behind the five spot right now. And 
So pro- probably six or seven, but still, I mean, they're well in the playoff hunt and things are changing because a lot of their losses have come with competitiveness against very good teams. So overall, yeah, they've been better than I thought. But if we have to go off concrete numbers, standings and ranking like uh, record wise, not much more. But they're they're if you're asking me, are they as fun as I expected them? Like through the roof, more fun than I expect yeah. them to be. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you guys that they are doing slightly better in if I look at their standing in ninth place, but. If you would have told me that at this point in the season they'd be one game out of sixth place, then I'm thinking, okay, they're they're actually looking pretty legit. So I agree with you. Slightly better than I expected. But yeah, I pretty much had Dallas right around like that nine or ten spot. So yeah, that's 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 pretty much where I'm at as well. Let's let's go ahead and take a look at their schedule so far leading up to this point in the season, this big break. Just scanning through their schedule right now, Logan. What is the best performance that Dallas has had? Uh, this one's pretty easy for me. I, I hope I'm not stealing it from Steve, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we agreed that a win over the Seattle Storm in Seattle, particularly after losing two nights before in overtime at Seattle, really feels like a statement win. They've they've been up and down for a lot of the season since they've they've won a couple, they've lost a couple. They haven't gone on any major winning or losing streaks or skids. But that win really stands out to me, particularly because it comes on the heels of, of a really crushing loss. And because Ogumbawale had such a good game and because they were able to hold Seattle to like under 70 points on defense, it just feels like that's going to be their premier performance of the season. There are a lot of good teams that don't have wins over the storm still. So I want to give them credit for that one for sure. I like it. Steve, do you agree or do you have another one in mind that catches your eye? That obviously was really thinking about that. And I don't know if this is me be trying too hard to be cool or if I'm breaking any rules, but I'm actually going with that loss. I mean, I think that overtime loss to Seattle still to me was Dallas's best performance. It was a coming out for them, even if they didn't come out of the night with the W. It was very much performance mm. that showed people this is a team you need to be watching because if they're not... If they're not on the scene now, they're definitely going to be. And it definitely was the first night that people stopped and went, perhaps we've been sleeping on Marina Mabry and we should stop doing that. <laughs> you had 28 out of Arike. Uh, you had 26 off of 56% shooting from Mabry. They forced an overtime. Honestly, there's a lot of argument that this should have actually gone Dallas's way when you look at how the, the overtime panned out, but then also some bad play calls at the end, honestly. But the other side of it too, is to tell me that I Dallas, this was the night that told me Dallas is going to be in good hands. If they're not here now in a couple seasons, they're going to be one of your key contenders in the league, because I think Vicki Johnson proved she is that good of a coach. She has the ability to really throw to, to really handle these pressure situations. Well, even if it doesn't matter in a win. And if you choose like Logan did the win following just a couple days later, totally makes sense to do that. I think it's a great pick. I just think like the tide for Dallas shifted. A lot of people who are not planning on paying attention to the wings suddenly had to after this performance. Absolutely. I, I want to call out one other episode. I, I love that you went with the loss there, Steve, because I think that that might be the case. I, I think you're, I think you could totally be right because it was such a, a, a statement that, that they needed that 
yeah, like, yeah. hey, we're here to play. We can hang with the but with the top dogs in the league. I definitely don't want to call out. It's this isn't me like calling Logan wrong because that victory ruled. That was a very good performance. Yeah, because you can come back and you can say, hey, it wasn't a fluke. We actually can beat these guys. Yeah, yeah. even uh, I'd even be willing to accept the second game of the season where they also lost to Seattle in overtime in a really close one because that was so early in the season. It felt like oh, like. Dallas might have something in the in the chamber for us this year if they're going to be taking Seattle down to the wire. And then the second one that Steve talked about, it felt like, guys, for real, if Dallas gets into the playoffs and they play a series against a good team, like they're they're one and two against Seattle this year, but all three games have come down to like three or two or one point. <laughs> like they're one basket game. So yeah. yeah, like if if you're a Wings fan right now, you're kind of hoping that your team takes a more proactive approach to make the playoffs, and you're basing it off of those games, and you're saying like, give us a single elimination against you know that five seed, and let's see what happens. So yeah, yeah. especially when you look at what Bree Stewart had to do to close that game out, thirty six eleven and five blocks. Yeah. Um, Jeez. to close this game out, like, and that's on top of Jewel Lloyd dropping twenty four, like in or twenty five, even. Oh, they both had uh squared numbers. That's good for them. Thirty six twenty five. <laughs> um, that's not important at all. But I just the fact that like it, it speaks so much to that. But like weirdly, that's been like the matchup of the year. Whenever mm-hmm. Seattle and Dallas are at each other, it's 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 weirdly must see. Like, there's something about how they cog together that they they come out competitive one way or the other. I love it. Uh, the other game I would mention is they had a 18-point victory over Minnesota on June 19th. Um, and in the time, that didn't seem as impressive, but now seeing where Minnesota is at this point in the season, that was one of Minnesota's like most recent losses. That was kind of one of their, then, you know, they've gone on a big win streak after that. So that's, uh, that looks a lot more, uh, more significant in hindsight than it did at the time for sure. Um, let's stay on the schedule. What was the worst performance? And let's go, let's switch it up and actually go, uh, to Steve. They've got plenty of L's that they can, that we can take a look at here. What was the worst performance for Dallas so far? If I had to pick one right off the top of my brain, um, I've got to go with their 10 point loss to Chicago, June 30th. Mm. A, if they pull that away, they actually tie together a four game win streak. And then mm. I think it might change the luck they have in those last three games before the break. And you might see a five to six game win streak potentially. It, there's good momentum there. They, they avenged that with a win because the WNBA is doing this weird series style. Structure where you play a lot of teams twice in the same city in a given week. So they were able to, to avenge that, but that's only because Kyle and Jason were there and we're, ble- <laughs> we're blessing true. their good, ju- their good juju on, on, <laughs> on the building. But at the same time, I just, that one was one that, that was frustrating in that it felt like they were coming off. They had a good win over the fever, a very good win over the mystics. And it just felt like if they can pull that off, it's very much like a Dallas's maybe they are that good. Like they're going to be that surprise, kind of like the 2018 uh, dream that was just like, maybe they're that surprise team. And in a lot of cases they came flat. Obviously this was when Chicago was getting well in its groove with Candace Parker back in tow. Chicago that night had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players in double digits. Jeez. I mean, five of them 
literally had 10 points, but still seven players in double digits. Uh, literally on that case, Agumba Wale only shot 35%. I know maybe he was pretty quiet throughout. She only got a bucket that night. It was just one of those nights where it really felt discombobulated and, and frustrating because very much it really felt like they were gelling. And then it sort of led to they, they avenged that Chicago win and then they had a three game losing streak. And now we headed into the break going, do we even know what this team is anymore? Logan, where do you sit with, uh, with their worst performance of the season? Well, see, I don't think it's their worst performance of the season, but I think it's the most painful loss of the season, which is my way of framing this. I think falling to the New York Liberty 99-96, just right 4th of July weekend, they had a chance to get above 500. Just really tight contest against a team that I think is a little inferior to them right now. Instead, they, they lose that one and then they drop the next two to some pretty good you know teams that are playing well right now in Minnesota and Vegas. So it like... Dallas season is probably going to come down to a, like a razor's edge of, of like it's, you know, they're going to miss the playoffs by one game or they're going to get in by one game. I, I see them having that type of year, which is exactly the same year they had last season. And I think they're a better team this year. And the Liberty are kind of the team that's rebuilding that they're supposed to be ahead of, but might be overtaking them depending mm-hmm. on what the Liberty season looks like down the stretch. So I think that one hurts for pride's sake. I think it hurts your your standings in the long run. That's one you're going to wish you had back because it was so close. But other than that, I mean, I know they kind of got blowed out by Vegas, but they haven't really lost big to anybody this year. I mean, there's there's been some decisive losses, but none where they just looked like, wow, they're embarrassing. And a lot of their losses have come from like that top like upper echelon of the league. It's your Minnesota, your Connecticut, Las Vegas you know, Seattle. Yeah. That's where the majority of their losses are coming. But the, the Liberty game is one where, and, and I know we've got comments in the chat kind of echoing this, where you like, you kind of have to play as a more unified team. You can't have your offense late in the game, be go out there, Enrique and create and have four other players just kind of standing there watching you try to muscle your team to victory. Like you've got a, an all-star in Mabry that can help in those situations. I, I think this was the night, Logan, you and I had a really long discussion about our frustration of how the offense is being run through Rike late in games. Yes. And it's not to say yes. that she, because she's simply the main option, It the issue is she's doing way too much. It's just she's being relied on for so much more. And it's why, like, if you run that offense through Sabali and you allow her to be the end-use scoring option, then you put her in a perfect position in the driver's seat. But where it's literally like you need to have the ball, and you need to distribute, and you need to get boards, and it's just they're, they're doing this like early 80s Magic Johnson strat- strategy yeah. that just is not smart. Well, and it was on display that night because they actually found Mabry for, I remember, like a really easy layup with about five minutes to go, and they took the lead after being down... I want to say they were down the entire game, but like, especially the, the third quarter, uh, it looked like New York was kind of running away with it. And they closed the gap in the fourth quarter. They took the lead 81 to 80 and it's anybody's game with four and a half minutes to play. And then instead of going back to, to Mabry moving the ball around, it really went into like Enrique takeover mode. And she just doesn't have that mode yet. If, if she turns into the type of player, like the MVP, Enrique that can do that. That's awesome. But I, I think those of us on this show and I know people that we've talked to like at All-Star Weekend, like we all kind of have our doubts that Enrique can be that player consistently. And the, it would be better for the Dallas Wings to play utilizing pieces like, like Mabry that they have 
um, on on the inside and, and maybe make yeah. some pickups this off season. So I do have to give a quick shout out to Sammy Whitcomb going twenty six and seven with three steals that night though because that did rule. Um, <laughs> hey, we're so we're just, a Sammy pod. A, we're a Sammy pod. That was a fun night for Sam Bam fans. So we've we've talked best performance, we've talked worst performance, we've talked a lot of kind of team in general. Let's get a quick shout out. If you were to pick one player that you want to give a shout out today during the break, who are you who are you taking? Uh, who's your pre- player that you want to highlight from this Dallas squad at this point in the season? I'm just not going to overthink this. I've said Marina Mabry's name more than any other player so far. She's been such a pleasant surprise and, and it shouldn't be much of a surprise. She played really well in LA last season, but like I, I have been thoroughly impressed with her ability to be a guiding force in late, like pivotal moments and how she is starting to really play. I don't want to say like, like a star player, but she's definitely playing like a consistent name. In the league, you see it in her confidence as much as you see it in her actual playing style. It's been a lot of fun watching her step up to that occasion. And that's why it was frustrating for me that she didn't get the all-star nod. But I mean, she's really been the breakout player for me. And I would hope that whatever Dallas is looking to do to add some sweetness to this roster, to this system in the next couple of years, when they start to get some mojo, I just sincerely hope that she's a key cog in that wheel. Cause, um, they, they, they lucked into a good thing there, I think. Uh, Logan, where are you at with, uh, with a player highlight this season? I don't think she's necessarily overlooked, but I think Alicia Gray is just a really good player. And, and the more I, I kind of break down this roster, like you could say Satu Sabli, you could say Kayla Thornton. Like there, there are a lot of players on this roster that are interesting to me. And that's excluding probably four or five players that just haven't had a chance to blossom yet. They've been in the league for about 20 games. So you've got Chelsea Dungey and Dana Evans and Charlie Collier and Awa Queer and like all of these like like names that might like we might end up looking at this roster years from now and being like, wow, I can't believe they're all in one place at one time. But we just don't know what a lot of those players have right now. But the ones that are out playing minutes, like they're they're good players. It almost makes me feel like Dallas should be winning some of these games because they're in lots of them. And that that kind of indicates that they, you know, are close. They they've got they're doing something right. But for for now, I think Alicia Gray and, and Marina Mabry, as Steve said, are are the two that kind of deserve our praise. I think Arike gets plenty, which is why we're we're kind of putting her on the back burner for a minute and saying, like, all right, besides kind of their name, the you know, household name player, who else can we look at? And you know, Gray just does a lot of good things. If she ends up not being retained by Dallas in the future, she's mm-hmm. one of those players that could go join a championship contender and make the difference in a deep run. This uh, this uh, 3x3 experience in the Olympics, I actually would not be shocked if you hear Alicia Gray's name a lot more through the second half yeah. of the season. That that Absolutely. might be the type of confidence boost she needed to be a very, very key role in whatever Dallas accomplishes the rest of the way. I, I love both of those shout outs. I want to give a, a quick shout out to Ty Harris, uh, played in all 21 games, has only started in one so far, but is getting some pretty solid minutes, is playing about, uh, 
18, uh, about 18 minutes a game coming off the bench. One thing that I really like about a guard and, and a guard that's getting these kinds of minutes and, and is performing pretty decently isn't necessarily, I'm not looking for a ton of output, you know, in the scoring category. I like to look at assists and turnovers when I look at guards, specifically point guards. Ty Harris is averaging three assists per game and only 1.1 turnovers per game. Um, a three to one assist to turnover ratio is really solid. And I think that I, I think she's a very serviceable point guard and just it's, it's nice that they don't lose a ton of depth when they go to their bench, especially in their backcourt. So I want to give a quick shout out to Ty Harris there. Logan, Steve, we've had a really good chat discussing all things Dallas. I just want from your head or your gut, what is the final midseason grade that you're going to give this team? Let's start with you, Logan. Uh, even though they're three games under 500, because of some of the wins they've had this season and the way they've hung in games, I think they have a decent chance to make something of the second half of their season. So I'm going to give them a chance to. I'm going to give them an even C. Okay. Just a straight up 75% C. All right. Not super exceeding expectations, but is getting by just fine. Uh, Steve, how about you? Where, where are you grading Dallas? This, this ties to, like I've said, you grade them a certain way if you see on paper what the record is. And then if you start watching their games, it shifts you a little bit. So I'm similar, but I'm going to go the B minus simply because they've had a couple exams and papers come in that weren't necessarily up to snuff. But as a teacher, I've seen the effort. She come, you know, they come to class. They raise their hand. They participate. They're asking questions. They're trying to make it work. They come to my office hours and it hasn't quite fit, but I've seen the effort. So I've, I've bumped them up a little bit. Um, you know, for that effort, sometimes I'll reward you for that. I'm strict, but I'm fair. So, so B minus. I like it. I like it. Um, that makes mine really easy. I was sitting here thinking about a C plus, which splits you two perfectly evenly. Nice. I really like, I really like Steve's take. I, I had a very similar feel that where they're standing is, is just kind of squeaking by, but we've seen glimpses of, of a, a better standing, a better record. You know, they're just, a, they're a bucket away from beating some of the very best teams in the league on several occasions. And their schedule gets slightly easier here in the second, uh, the second half of the season. So, um, I think that, uh, I think that at this point to have played the schedule they've played and to go through what they've gone through with their expectations, I, I'm going to give them a C plus. So there you go. There you have it. There's our Dallas Wings midseason grades. Let's move straight into Indiana. This one I feel like might be shorter. We will see. We might have some shorter takes on Indiana, <laughs> but Indiana is currently sitting in dead last. They're, they have a record of four and 16. They are in 12th place and they're two and a half games out of that 10th and 11th spot that is being held by LA and Atlanta. They are currently on a three game win streak heading into the break, but where we stand right now, Logan, is Indiana better or worse than you expected? <laughs> oh, that's such a good question. Uh, cause at four and 16, you could realistically say they're exactly what we expected. <laughs> you could argue they're maybe better. Yeah. You could argue that <laughs> after going one and 16, that little three game, uh, run before the break. It almost feels like maybe they're doing better than expected. Like, I don't know what yeah. you guys are going to answer for this question because I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. If you go by record and standings, they're exactly where I thought they would be. They're not doing much of anything this year. They're in a rebuild. 
they didn't plan on making any big changes. You know, they got their number four draft pick and then refused to play her because they're just not interested in doing much of anything this year. So because they're punting the year, they're losing a bunch and they don't have, I don't know, they're not using their money wisely and they're not paying a ton of interesting young talent. So I, I'm not surprised by the record at all. At the same time, I don't know. They won three games in a row. Maybe teams were just taking the week before the Olympics off, but it's like they remembered that winning was an option and now they've broken a 12 game losing streak with, with a couple good wins. One of them against Connecticut, which isn't, that's not nothing. So I don't know. We'll see, but I just, I have such a hard time being <laughs> hopeful for this team this season and I don't understand the decisions they make. So they're exactly where I expected them to be. And that's not a good thing. Gotcha. Steve, how about you? I mean, when I made the prediction I made for Indiana in our preseason episode, and you would ask me what would their record be if, with your prediction, almost on the, like, about four, four wins, three to four wins. Like, that's exactly <laughs> what I would say. They're right where they, where they should be. So I'm just going to be, I'm going to be very base level and just say, yeah, this is exactly where I saw it. And that's not entirely a positive thing. But boy, was I close to coming into this episode at one point during the season and being like, somehow and in some way, it's so much worse than I thought it was going to be. Like, and for <laughs> some reason, that feels like such a win. And it's weird, but I, I'm just going to make it quick and simple and just say this is just about what I expected up to this point. So on the money for now, I, but that's not encouraging. Yeah, that, that's about where I sit as well. Let's go ahead and take a look at the Indiana Fever schedule. And there's not many wins to pick from. So unless we're going to go with a loss, which I actually, I, I still do really like Steve's take on, on that, uh, that loss being the best performance for Dallas. Um, where are we going with their best performance of the season so far? Let's go ahead and start with you, Steve. Promise you I'm not going to do this with every team. This wasn't my plan, but I am going with another loss. The first game of the year, I most of the, up up until the very end of that game, if Sabrina Ionescu doesn't hit a miracle shot, this very much could have been the fever kicking off the year with the win and a win that looked really good. Tierra McCowan went 22 and 16 on the night. Kelsey Mitchell dropped 23 points and shot 53% from the field. Jenta Lavender was in a rhythm. She had 10 boards. Like this game actually looks out. Now, first game of the year, it's not like I was coming out and saying, Hey y'all, guess what? They're going to be big, but it was very much something to say. I think, uh, like, I think we have something to look forward to with this team. This seems pretty exciting. They got shell shocked by a buzzer beater, uh, or at least a last, you know, a last second shot. And true to form with bad teams, they could just could not get over that, that shiner. Like they just couldn't find a way to brush that off in enough time to make up for it with a win until I want to say their seventh, eighth game of the season. And by then it just felt like the story was told for them. So. As sad as it sounds to say it's the first game and it's a loss, but it showed me that the effort was there. Just feels like the rest of the way, the uh, the fever decided to not accentuate anything about that performance that made them look good the rest of the season. <laughs> and it's confusing. Logan, where do you sit with uh, with best performance of the year? Uh, as odd as it sounds, I think there's actually a couple you could choose from. 
which is funny because they've been garbage for <laughs> so much of the season. I, I think the most impressive win actually wasn't the Sun because I think they just caught the Sun on a really off night. And they did do a really good job against John Quill Jones defensively. I'm not just saying that they got lucky, but I think the better performance was a 13-point victory over the New York Liberty a week later. And, and they could have easily said, hey, we broke our losing streak, and that's nice, but we're still bad. And instead, they went out and actually flexed a little bit on a team uh, in New York that was kind of trying to ride its own ship. So I was really impressed they were able to follow up a victory against Connecticut that could have been seen as kind of fluky with a really legitimate defensive performance and a really good win. And also just a really nice outing for Kelsey Mitchell, who is somebody that I like to see play well because she deserves to be on a better team, frankly. But like she she deserves to be a name that we talk about on this show a lot because she's really good. So Tierra McCowan and Kelsey Mitchell have been playing pretty well all season, but it was nice for them to, to feel like not only did we get the win against Connecticut after maybe the sun fell a little bit asleep, but we were able to take a, like several days off and go out and beat a team that's that's still kind of fighting for that has something to fight for. You could argue that the Fever really have nothing to play for at this point in the season, and they were still able to go out and beat a team playing pretty well. So good takes, good takes. Um, there's a lot to pick from in this next category. What's their worst performance on the season? Let's go back to Logan on this one. I mean, you'd think it'd be somewhere in the what twelve game losing man. That's so many. It's <laughs> so many losses. <laughs> I don't know. They, they've they been beat close. They've been beat big. I'm, just pick one. I mean, they gave up <laughs> They gave up 113 to Vegas. They, they lost by, what, 40, 46? How many? Like, I'll, I'll pick the first Vegas loss just because they okay. got run out of the building. Because it was a 46-point loss and they gave up 113? That seems pretty bad to me, yeah. That's a pretty, that's a pretty rough outing. <laughs> Okay, Steve, how about uh, how about you? This is going to sound really cheap. Their biggest loss was the All-Star game. In a <laughs> year in a year Ouch. where the highest level stars were being pulled from the All-Star team to play on a different team, they still couldn't manage to justify adding an All-Star to that roster. I think that tells <laughs> you what a frustration point this team's like this team's been this season. It, it, it was it was sad. It's a little funny that their Twitter leaned into it during the game. It was a bit <laughs> funny, but like we couldn't even justify adding someone to shoot in the three point contest. Like we couldn't get a representative from. And and keep in mind, we're going to be talking about the Sparks pretty soon down the road, so they're not immune to this either. But to me, it just kind of spoke for like it's it's one thing that the record was bad. It's one thing we've seen a lot of bad basketball. We can't even make you part of the discussion right now. And that almost feels like a bigger issue. I promise I'm not hating on the fever for fun. No, I, no, you, no, you're good. I, I think that's like, that's a, that's a, that's a fun, entertaining take. I like it. I got, I got to give one, one shout out here to the, the loss that they had to Los Angeles on June I desperately, 3rd. I'm sorry. I desperately wanted Kyle just for the fun of it to pick a win somehow. <laughs> it's like I picked two losses for the best game to be like. Actually, their worst their worst performance was against Atlanta. Beating the dream was like yeah, yeah like <laughs> no, they lost big to L.A. Like they lost they lost by thirty five to L.A. Now 
I understand losing by 40 to Las Vegas. Las Vegas is one of the top teams in the league. Los Angeles is tied for like 10th and 11. This is a team that's just barely ahead of you in the standings and you lost by 35. That's a tough one. To, that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, so that's that for me, that's it. It's dead center right in the middle of this like 12 game losing streak that they had. It just was ugly. There's, there's no two ways about it. That was, that was a rough, rough go. That's actually, that's a good pick too, because it was in the middle of Vegas, Vegas, Seattle, Chicago, Chicago, Seattle, Seattle. Like that was their only chance to win a game in like a seven or eight game stretch. Yeah. Or at least be close. Like keep it close. Yeah. And, and and on the road, yes, but also at the convention center. This wasn't in front of any semblance of a crowd at Staples Center. Yes. Uh, it's as so, close to a neutral location as you're going to yeah. get, like, while also traveling to L.A. Yeah. So I thought that was a rough one. They were losing, let's see, they lost, they were down 11 after the, after the first, and they were down ooh, 23 at half. Oh. And then almost 30 <laughs> after, like, it literally, it never got better. It would, there was never a point where LA was just like, all right, I think we got them, guys. I think we're good. <laughs> just watch out, everyone. <laughs> it's all bad. Uh, uh, so we so we uh, talked best performance, worst performance. Let's let's get into some individuals here. Let's talk players from the Indiana Fever. Who is a player that you want to highlight from this team? So we can talk about the team being as bad as as they've been. But let's talk about players here for just a little bit. Um, let's go to Steve. Steve, I want to hear your take. Who's a player that you want to highlight from this Indiana Fever squad? Tierra freaking McCowan. Um, still scoring double digits, even though only being given 25 minutes per game, nearly averaging a double-double with only 25 minutes per game with nine rebounds. Is legitimately her minutes load. It's a key consistency of any of their wins and any of their impressive performances. Um, the fact that she's being held to that minutes load is the thing about this team that infuriates me the most because you actually do have a secret weapon and it's pretty stupid that it's still secret by now. And, uh, <laughs> because Tierra McCowan has, has been fantastic and she's played well whenever she's been on the court and they need to put her on the court more because I, I like, if you want, if you're a stat nerd, the numbers speak for themselves. If you're, um, an eye test person, the eye test speaks for itself. She's, she's played really well, all things considered. Um, I had a second name. I was really close to calling out, but I'm hoping one of you guys do. So we'll see. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. That's, that's always the first name that comes to mind for, uh, for Indiana. Logan, who, uh, who you shouting out from Indiana? I always want to give a shout out to our girl, D Rob, who was like instrumental in, getting us not just into the WNBA, but making us feel like comfortable and confident in covering it as a podcast. Um, she's one of the the big money makers on that team is, uh, I think a lot of the time there for some veteran leadership, but in the wins, especially these last three games, she's played a pretty, uh, a pretty critical role in terms of being out there, moving the ball around. She's hit some big shots. She's found Kelsey Mitchell, who's probably the best player on the team. And so I, I feel bad that I'm not shouting out Mitchell here, but Anytime I can get a chance to kind of exclude Daniel Robinson from our otherwise like pretty negative uh, Indiana takes, I want to I want to give her that opportunity because we just we love her. She's played on a bunch of different teams in the league now. She's always been electric when she's on the floor. Um, I know for a lot of like 
probably a casual fans of the league. She's she's not like a standout player, but I promise if you've ever spent two seconds in her presence, she's instantly like one of your favorite people in the world. So yeah, one she's one of the fastest players in the league, definitely. Yes. Gets up and down the court insanely quick. I got to give a shout out. I, I am just going to shout it out to Kelsey Mitchell. Yeah. Um, I think that she, for several years now, has been really, really solid and done a really great job of, of, you know, performing really well with an organization and teams around her that have just been disappointing a lot of the time. And I think that's got to be tough for someone of, of her talent to be going through that. So I know she, she doesn't get the love that she deserves simply because of the team that she's on. And so this is my chance to just give her a shout out. We do notice you, Kelsey. We're, we're watching. We're paying attention. Logan, to, to back you up a little bit, because we've talked about how sometimes we call it D-Rob almost out of friendship than anything else. But like she's currently the team leader in assists and steals. Yeah, you like that. You want to have that on the floor anytime you can. Let's go ahead and, and give a final grade here to the Indiana Fever. Let's start with Steve. We gave Logan first dibs last time. Let's go and ahead and let you pick. Yeah. What's your final grade that you're giving the Fever? Double, d- triple, d- um. <laughs> Man, Jason is going to bleep every one of those. <laughs> That's going to be the greatest bleep. Like, That's from a Western, and I just, forget which one, but... Just let it. When my dad used to watch Westerns, and I would just, like, sit in another part of the room and, like, read the funnies in the newspaper, I hear that line once, and it always pops into my head. Oh. I said the letter D enough. I'm just going to go D... I'm, D minus feels a tad harsh with the three-game win streak. I'll give it a D <laughs> because... You know what? No, it's a D minus because they got three quizzes. They did okay, but like you legitimately have been zeros almost the entire part of the semester until this couple of class sessions before the break and shown it up. So I'm going to bump you up to a D minus, but you got a lot of catching up to do. Okay. You, you need to buckle down, see it straight, get, you know, get, get this together. Okay. We can't afford you a tutor. And we're not going to hand you this grade. Uh, you've got to show it. You've got to earn it. So I'm going to give him a D minus in that. Like we talked about this three game win streak being impressive, but people are acting as if they're suddenly uh, like a playoff contender because they won three games. I don't know that anyone actually has stopped to consider the teams they beat in this stretch outside of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly a who's who. So yeah. this is a case of me going like it's good. Like it's encouraging, but you're still probably the worst team in the league, or at least in Atlanta is short of being the worst team in the league. And so, yeah, D minus. I'll, I'll just, I'll be harsh and go that, go that far. Okay. Logan, what's your grade? Yeah, I'm giving him an F. Uh, but like, <laughs> think about, think about it as like, uh, almost <laughs> like the student that you've got like some rapport with. And it's almost like, you know what? You're for sure you're getting an F, but. Now that that's taken care of, you can think, you know what? Grade isn't the most important thing in the world. It's not the most important thing in the world. Like you got next year and maybe you can change some things up in the front office. And like, it doesn't mean I hate you. I want to see you in class, like turn in your assignments. You can still grow this season, even if you don't accomplish anything by the end of the season standings wise, but it's going to be an F. This makes me wonder if they change their, their team to uh, a team with a different letter. Uh, does it help, does it actually help their fortunes a little bit? 
you know, it doesn't have to be a. Just, <laughs> just saying the is is the le- Indiana. Once once you get fever, <laughs> once you get Tamika Catchings out of the situation to save you, is is that letter F just kind of almost? Uh, do you finally need to be the Indiana Rush or something? Which is what my initial idea was, but I don't know. <laughs> it was just me making fun of the letter F, but I. I co-signed that. They do. Uh, we we almost got through a whole fever segment without mentioning that I, I love their jerseys more and more. I think their standard Navy jerseys yes. look really nice. They handled their, their rebrand as well as anybody. The the Stranger Things thing is awesome. Sucks that they refuse to, like, you know, sell them for profit. But whatever. They're, I they held on so hard on that rant because we do not have time. But that they only <laughs> sold 11 <laughs> yes. of the 11 jerseys. I, I don't have time. I, I we have too much to bleep it's already. Dumb. I it's just bad. I, I'm so mad. Hey Kyle, how are you creating the fever? I'm going D minus as well. You guys are way too nice. No, 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 way no. I nice. gave an F to Atlanta. Way too nice for a D minus. D minus is too nice, Logan. You just hate Indiana. That's no, what I've I decided. Don't. You don't want Indiana to to succeed. I, if, if they're <laughs> look, if they're getting an F for the season already, it's like you get to play. You get to play free for the last ten games of the season. It's like you know what? Hey, You're the underdog. You know that moment in Arrested Development when they cut to Mad Money and he takes the Bluth Company from sell to don't buy. That's what don't this D minus is. That is <laughs> exactly. You, you mustered up three wins in a row. Probably going to be the highlight of your year. The biggest win streak you could have dreamed of based on how you've been playing, and it got you to a D minus. Like that's. This, yeah. Like it's 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 not an encouraging bump in grade. D minus doesn't pass the class. Just so you know, D minus is not a pass. This is a hey. I see that you basically couldn't finish any part of this course, but you now have all of a sudden aced your last three little like in class in class quizzes. Yeah, I'm giving that kid a D minus because they're not passing, and they can very yeah. easily slip back into an F. But I want to give them a little bit of hope and be like, hey, I recognize what you've been doing. As their teacher, I'm not even encouraged right now that I've seen these three wins. I'm not even saying, ooh, they're improving. I'm actually starting to wonder if they've been stealing answers off of these quizzes. Like, I'm investigating (laughs) to see, have they been copying answers? Do they have an older sibling who's been giving them quizzes that they've been turning in? So if if trends continue and Los Angeles and Atlanta continue to lose and Indiana can muster up a couple of wins... Right. And let's say Indiana finishes 10th over Los Angeles and Atlanta. Are you giving them a pass on the season, Logan? No, they're getting an F. I, I treat the F as you're telling me that they, that they struggle at the early of the season. We, we called them dead last for like, you're telling me that a team that finishes two spots above where you predicted them is going to, you're going to fail them. They've got, they've got three games remaining against, uh, Atlanta slash. Who's the other one you just said? L.A. L.A. If they finish 7 and 29, I'm not going to give that season anything but an F. But I'm I'm treating that like an act of mercy. Like, guys, your season is not good. (laughs) So go out and play spoiler. Like, beat some teams you're not supposed to beat. Play your freshmen, your rookies. Like, be a little crazy. Like, take the pressure off. It's over. It's a bad season. My My favorite part of this episode so far is us... Like getting heated in the difference between a D minus and an F. <laughs> I, I would reserve the F for the bottom two teams. Them not being a bottom two, considering that's the 
the latter half of the teams not making the playoffs, that those that I, I couldn't in good conscience give an F to to tenth. I, a D minus. Like I, I would keep the grade. First of all, seven and twenty nine would mean they basically are at the same win rate both halves of the year. So there's no improvement. It would be a D minus. They would have to hit double yep. digit wins for me to consider a D. And you've got to note that that would mean Indiana would go on an oddly hellacious run to finish ten and twenty six. Like. It, so it's yeah we've talked we we need we need to move forward we've talked like 10 minutes on just indiana's grade here i'm sorry fever fans it's not good. you have no idea how much that. we root for this team to succeed you really have no idea it's not fun for us it's we, we might talk about the fever more than any other team like in our chats we we discuss the fever at length because we have we have some mad love for indiana the the one inevitable thing in sports is change and when the fever are having a good season years from now, and we're still doing the pod, no one will be captaining that train harder than I am. Like I, I will be gassing up the fever every chance I get. But until that point, <laughs> and you're free, we, we have, you're to, free we have to, get to bring him low. <laughs> you're free to get in all our faces. And play all the clips back. Please do. Yeah. I want them to rise from the ashes, but in order to do that, we have to burn them to the ground first. And that's, <laughs> that's what's okay. happening here. <laughs> this gets so dark. Let's, now we have to talk about Vegas. Let's move on to Las Vegas. Let's, let's move on to Las Vegas. Holy crap. <laughs> y- y'all are too dramatic with this Holy Indiana. Crap. Don't buy. All they are is just Don't the worst buy. team. They're, it's fine. <laughs> that oh, is one of my favorite man. rest of clips. Okay. Let's talk Las Vegas. So as far as their record in standing, Las Vegas is sitting at 15 and six. Holy cow. You're allowed to win that many games. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) They're sitting at 15 and six. They currently are sitting in second place behind Seattle. They're one game out of first place. So with that being the case, is Las Vegas currently better or worse than you expected? Worse. Only because I expected Vegas to be fully in the driver's seat this year and well above the rest of the field. And that essentially has been Seattle, minus the fact that, yeah, they're one game separated from Seattle, but it doesn't, it oddly doesn't feel that way, says something there. Las Vegas is very, very good. Vegas, you know, Aces fans should be extremely excited about the season they're having right now. I would just say, based off expectations, I assumed that the Aces were going to be well ahead of the field, and it just took them a little bit longer to get things to click than I thought it would. Um, but it's clicking now. So, you know, wait for the train to show, but they are slightly worse. If I, if I, if I have to base it off my expectations, then that's where it stands. Logan. Uh, I don't, I, I totally get what Steve is saying. I don't think I can call him worse than what I expect. I think 15 and six is par for the course. I think they were a lock to be a top three team this season. Uh, I would consider them the number two right now, uh, which is exactly how they finished last season. So I don't think there's any surprises there. Uh, I'm a very boring co-host in, in this section of, of each uh, team that we've recorded today, because I feel like it's basically like, yeah, like it's, it's, None of these teams are really doing anything drastically different than what we expected. But I get Steve's point. I, I think there was reason to believe that the return of Cam Beige and the maturity of Asia Wilson and wanting to catch the Seattle Storm, which lost a lot in the offseason, 
opened the door for Vegas to take the crown as the number one team, like to look like the bully that was going to make, you know, they, they made a, a run last year. Now it's time for them to finish the job. They haven't really looked like that. They, they don't have any weaknesses. They look like a great team. I'm still a big believer in them. But in terms of regular season standings, they've dropped a couple games and it just feels like they haven't stepped through that door that's open for them. Well, and I, and I know you brought up like Cam Beige coming back and Asia being Asia, but that, and adding Chelsea Gray and adding Raquan Williams mm-hmm. and having a, mm-hmm. a healthy Kelsey Plum and what looked to be seemingly very pivotal losses for Seattle. It really felt like this was going to be the Aces league to, to crown and. I like when I say worse, I really just mean like it's a hard one for me to say because I think it's like I could say like Indiana was doing better than I would have expected if I wanted to, but it, they're still bad. The aces, I would say, are slightly worse. They're still great. Like it's, it's, it, like, yeah, yeah. Right now, I could comfortably pit them as my title team still. Well, I, th- I think that's fair because they, they may be a game behind Seattle, but they're two and one against Seattle on the season. So in the head to head, like, you know, like that could very well be just who they've matched up with so far in the season. Maybe they've got an easier backstretch and Seattle's had an easier front stretch. I don't know. I haven't analyzed Seattle's schedule yet, but that could be the case, you know? Yeah. The, their season really tells a really interesting story because they've been able to catch Seattle, but then Connecticut's got their number. Minnesota's got their number. They haven't yeah. lost to any bad teams. Um, so they're doing their job when, you know, night after night, they're, they're a very consistent team. You can rely on Asia Wilson to get you out of a tight spot. They're a really excellent team and a really strong contender. And if you simulated the rest of the season and, and the playoffs right now, I'm sure they would win a good percentage of, of the time, but were I a betting man, which none of us really are, um, I'm, I still have trepidation when it comes to putting them up against the sun or the storm. And as Steve said, with all the additions they made and all the subtractions made to the other big teams kind of feels like this was their season to look like the true number one. And instead we've kind of like the whole time we've been doing the show this season, we've been saying, well, they're a top tier, they're top three, but nobody's separated themselves from Seattle or Connecticut. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I I I find them. I thought they were far and away my number one team. I don't think they're far off of that. I expect them to be pretty firmly the number one team at this point in the season, though. So they're just not. They're not. They're slightly slightly below where I expected, but I put the highest expectations on them from any other team. Let's go ahead and take a look at their schedule and let's go. I can't, I'm losing track of who's gone when, but let's go ahead and ask uh, Logan, what's their best performance on the season so far? Definitely a couple to choose from here. I will take the overtime win against Seattle. I think that was a really pivotal game for their season. Obviously they're having a good year anyway, and they know that they're going to be in the mix in the playoffs. But you you split the Seattle series to open the year back in May, and you kind of want that confidence boost as you approach the break. And you you kind of want. I, I know that they won the last regular season game against Seattle last year, and and then lost in the finals to them. But Bree Stewart didn't play in that game. I don't think it was super meaningful. If anything, it just kind of helped Asia get the MVP locked up last year. But this year, it comes on the heels of uh, a really crushing overtime loss to Minnesota, which we might talk about in a second. And they find themselves in a second straight overtime game two days later. They beat Seattle at home. Asia Wilson has a huge game, 22 and 11. Uh, and then that kicks off a nice little four game winning streak. 
So I, I feel like that was a really critical point of the season. If they would have dropped back-to-back overtime games or even an overtime and then a really close loss to Seattle to lose the season series, it kind of colors their season differently and makes them look on the outside looking into a top two that consists of Seattle and Connecticut. And instead, they easily throw their hat in the ring as being you know every bit as, as powerful as those two teams. So for me, it's still this weird rock-paper-scissors going on between... You know, what are the matchups going to be between those top three teams? Can anybody eke their way into those? Because it seems like the championship this year is going to be one of them. And and I think that was a critical moment for them. Absolutely. I love it. Steve, I want to hear from you. What do you think is Las Vegas's best performance on the season? I mean, it was that Seattle game, but if I, I'll pick a different one for the fun of it. I'll go with their win over Dallas June 13th. And the reason I call this one out is because honestly throughout the narrative of this year is that Vegas and Seattle are intrinsically linked. And just before this, Dallas finally got this pivotal win over Seattle after having these two tough overtime losses. They finally get this big win. It feels like the momentum's there. Vegas watches Seattle finally go down to the wings and basically says, oh, no, 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 no. That will not be happening. And it almost felt like a statement win in saying like, hey, uh, that team that finally got your goat, like this is not taking place. Like we're, we're, we're taking them to the woodshed and make it happen. It wasn't generally close game for the most part. Satu Savali had 24 and eight looked fantastic this night and was a lot of fun to watch, but Asia just putting it to shame with 28 and 14 with, yeah. with two blocks throws a steal in there just to, just to make it nasty. Cambage looked really solid with 14 and eight. I mean, this, this night looked like that Vegas team that we were expecting of just like almost not even like, oh, we're just going to blow teams out. But like, sure, it's a seven point win, but this one was never quite in doubt. And, and it coming at the statement of like, we're shutting down the upsets that the other best team can't quite shut down at the moment has to secretly feel good in the locker room to this crew. Certainly yeah. to Bill Ambeer. Yeah. That's the exact level of sports pettiness that Bill Ambeer has. And I, that's with, <laughs> I say that with love and respect for sports pettiness. That game was actually, at least at halftime, it was like a two point game. But then Asia Wilson just went off. Like when you get a confident Dallas Wings team off of, off of a Seattle win, it's like they're playing with a, like a little bit of a, an advantage almost that they, they don't normally have. And Asia just going full on, like, I am the best player in the world really showed out in that game. Uh, you could, you could really yeah. tell in, in the latter stretch of the game. And then Dallas even tried to make a little bit of a run. And, you know, Vegas is just too good of a team to let that happen. So, uh, that I do remember watching that one and thinking, like, you know, I, I was on the Stewie for MVP train last year when Asia won it. And this year I've, you know, I've made my MVP takes known a number of different times, but that one was really, uh, Asia is going to go back to back if she plays like this all season. hundred percent, man. I, uh, uh, yeah, I, you guys basically covered everything that I would say in that, in that category. So I'll just say ditto. Let's move forward to worst performance though. Logan, what was their worst performance on the season? Hmm. Well, you've got like not any bad losses. I'll I'll go ahead and say the nine point overtime loss against Phoenix, just right here, like beginning of July, right before their break. Um, there, I don't think it was terrible. I think you lose games like this every season, and I I do think Phoenix is a worse team than them. But it's also I wouldn't consider this like losing to a bad team. It was just odd that it was so close for so much of the game. Really, like the entire game, the, the third quarter, there was a, a lead change, and then another lead change in the fourth. 
And it really felt like it was going to be Asia time in overtime because they were able to survive until extra time. And then it was really like Brittany Griner's and Skylar Diggins Smith's overtime more than it, which, which I didn't expect. I really thought that we were going to see Wilson show out. So that, that one kind of hurts. It's really the only mark on their season, like a loss to a team that is concerning. All their other losses are to teams that I think they will play in either the semifinals or the WNBA finals. And there aren't a lot of them, but they're 15 and six. Phoenix is the only one that makes me feel like, Oh, like if, if for whatever reason Vegas, you know, dropped into the fourth spot or they dropped into the fifth spot, which I don't think is really possible, but injuries can happen. You never know. Like you don't want to be vulnerable to a single elimination after having a season this good and having a championship window as open as it's been the last couple of years for them. So it, right. it's really the only point of concern on an otherwise stellar season. No, I like that's that's a that's a good take, Steve. Where do you uh, where do you line up as far as worst game of the season for? I've him? got another one, and it's probably narrative based, but I've got to go with their loss to Minnesota on the twenty fifth. Mm. It was a one-point loss. That it was in overtime. Attention. Vegas actually forced that overtime at the end, and the Lynx ended up taking over and um, you know, winning a short one. The honest issue with this loss is this Minnesota Lynx team that won seven straight games to go into the break now all of a sudden sits fourth in the standings Yep, is possibly the team right now no one wants to face up again. Might oh. be yeah. the ace's fault. <laughs> um, yeah. Their win against the Dream was a two-point win that had no business being a two-point win, that game on the 23rd for Minnesota. So that when you almost go like, it was a win, but the should it have been type of feeling. Like That night against right, Vegas right. was the night that the Lynx went, we be bad, and they have been on this tear, and they might have woken up that beast. And if Minnesota just ruins everyone's plans for the playoffs – they might have Vegas to thank for it because uh, that that win against that team, I think, gave them the confidence to say we can face up against any single team in this league and play and outplay them. And that includes the Aces because they beat them again a couple weeks later as a part of that win streak. So like, they almost kind of made this bed for themselves in a weird way. And we'll see if this break cools things off. But as I looked at it, it started to feel like a horror movie. Because they just, <laughs> the Lynx went off that win and just five straight just slasher flicks. Just like, we're done. We're done messing <laughs> around. We're just going to hurt people. Like, it's been nuts. I would love for the Minnesota Lynx. This isn't a Lynx episode, but if they could get into the top three, like if they get a top four spot, they get the double bye, which is huge. But if they could get into the top three and avoid like whoever the top seed ends up being this season, you're right, Steve. Like, they're. Of all the teams we've talked about today, especially like that top tier of teams that we all expect to win the championship, the one that right now I don't want to see in a series is the Lynx. And it it began with a, a really narrow victory over a, a Vegas team. And, and you're right. They, they really took that momentum and just blasted their next two weeks of games. So they are scary. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move forward to uh, a, a player that you want to highlight. So Las Vegas is has got quite the roster and I, I'm curious where you guys are going to go with this. Let's go ahead and have Logan start. Who's a player that you want to, you want to highlight or shout out from this Las Vegas roster? Maybe just cause we're in the middle of the Olympics right now. By the time you listen to this episode, it probably won't be, but I have a lot of love for Kelsey Plum. 
man. Like she, she came into the league as hyped as anybody's ever been quickly earned the title of draft bust for not being what people thought she was and has battled her way back from both like those failed expectations and from an Achilles tear to go on and like join the Olympic three on three gold medal team and like be a significant piece of like this, this aces team I think is full of you have the superstars you need to make a deep run, but it's full of players that can go out and get 15 points on any given night when like that's going to be the difference between a championship and not. We've, we've seen that in the NBA and the WNBA time and time again. It's always that role player X factor that comes in and you're like, oh, they're just too good. They're too deep. And I really want Kelsey Plum to be that player for this Aces team this year. There, there are a lot of candidates who that could be. But I very much want to see a rematch against Seattle, either in the semis or in the finals, and to have Olympic Kelsey Plum kind of make her... Uh, she's, she's made her presence known in the W, but to reestablish, like, I came into the W to be Kelsey Plum household name. And for a lot of years, it was looking like I wasn't going to be that. And to kind of restore her career in Vegas under Bill Ambeer and to kind of find a role that she works in has been really enjoyable for me to watch this last year or two. Steve, who you got from the roster? I'm going to go through Quan Williams on this one. And the reason I call this one out is because this is the exact type of player that unfair teams have, which is someone who you do everything you can to nullify Asia Wilson and Liz Cambage, and then Chelsea Gray, and then probably Kelsey Plum, and then Jackie Young. And then you have to deal with this certified sniper uh, who's shooting 40% <laughs> on the season, 40% from three on the season, just shy of 90% from the line, is playing consistent ball. I mean, she only has nine points per game, given that she's a starter, is kind of shocking. But the thing about Raquana is her points always come in pivotal moments. She is, outside of Asia Wilson, of course, she is this team's streak killer. Like when another team is making a run and they're building momentum, it seems to be a Raquana Williams stop and pop that shuts it down. Like it seems to be the thing that's just like, all right, let's level set. We're not, we're not letting them get any farther than this. Um, she has added that type of scoring attitude that has been really important for the aces and allows everyone else in a way to settle into their own roles and, and do a really good job. I've, I've enjoyed watching her. I really enjoyed watching her in LA, but I, I seem to be enjoying her even more in this case. Also super fun that the two top single game scorers of all time are on the same roster. Like, <laughs> that is random. really fun. Let's go. Uh, let, let's, Finish up the episode here with some final grades. Well, I shouldn't say final grades, some midseason grades for Las Vegas. Steve, want to hear from you first. What grade are you giving the aces at this point? Oh, it's an A. I mean, it's again, funny, right? Cause I said, Oh, they might have been a little bit worse because at, at that time I thought they were an A plus 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 and they've been an A. I mean, they've played that well. You look at their six losses. They all come at the element of them doing pivotal things poorly while their opponent does everything right. And that's how great teams lose. So yeah, it's, this is, you know, this is the Asia Wilson's coming up party, not so much as an MVP, but potentially saying like, I'm a top three player in this league and deserve to be treated like it. Yeah. Right now, if I had to slot it, I I probably have the aces as the edges of the title team, even given that they're second to a Seattle team who has played really well. 
So yeah, I'd, I'd give him an A. It's, it's, that's an easy one at this juncture. Okay. Logan, where you, uh, where do you have Las Vegas? Yeah, it's either an A or an A minus. And I've like, I thought I was going to go A minus just cause I, I wanted to maybe see, like avoid that Phoenix loss or get another win against you know, Seattle. But like, I really don't have any reason to dock them. So I think I'm just going to go with a straight A. I'm going to follow Steve's lead here. Uh, 15 and six is phenomenal. Asia Wilson's in the MVP conversation again. Uh, they, they opened the second half of the season against the Mystics a couple times. And then for the most part, it looks like smooth sailing. They've got three games against, uh, the renovated Chicago sky. So we'll see how those go. But I think, I think they'll be okay. That seems to be their biggest hurdle. And be, and, and they've got another one against Minnesota. So this is, that'll be a must watch. Uh, but for the most part, compared to other teams, they've got pretty, I mean, they can play average basketball and still get the double buy, get into the playoffs, be healthy, be ready for another run. So um, this is a team that's got its sights set on a championship. They've gotten the jo- job done so far. Um, I would, if I was a professor, I might call them into my office and be like, I think you might be capable of something more because you're so good. But that's no reason to, to dock your points on any of the, the things they've accomplished so far. They get an A. That's a great take, Logan. I think that's kind of where I sit as far as they are capable of more, but I can't really, you know, I, I can't say that they haven't been, uh, you know, pretty well as advertised. You know what I mean? So what you're saying, Logan and Kyle, is uh, you're good. You're really good. Yeah, but with my good. help, I want to see more. I want to be able to with, push them with to my see help, more, but they're good. You could be the best. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, that's pretty much the episode that we have for all of you tonight. Thank you so much for listening in, for tuning into these mid-season uh, team grades. This was a lot of fun. These are three teams with very, uh, uh, very greatly as far as where we view them at this point in the season. And uh, it's, it's been a blast. Um, we've pretty much uh, given you all that we, we have for tonight. So we're going to go ahead and sign off for WNBA Nation. I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm Logan Gills. And we got you next time.